Welcome to Asbury United Methodist Church. My name's Pastor Will. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is where you'll be able to find all of our sermons, as well as special devotionals and interviews. We hope these messages inspire hope and bring support as you grow on your journey of faith. If you have any questions, or if you want further conversation, or if you simply like what you hear, connect with Asbury through our Facebook page or by checking our website at asburymaitland.org. All right. Good morning, friends. How are we doing today? Good. As Pastor Chris mentioned, I am Will Kendas, one of the pastors here, and so excited to be with you all this morning. Uh, We are wrapping up just a quick little mini sermon series called Light uh, before we get on to our next sermon series called The Short of It. Um, And I first wanted to recap a little bit, if you weren't able to join us last week, just what last week we talked about. Um, and uh, then we're gonna go from there. But the first part about our sermon series, and we have a subtitle called Reflecting the Source. Well, who or what is the source? And that source is Jesus. Uh, We looked at John 1, uh, the very beginning of the Gospels, and how it talks about the Word was with God in the beginning, and that Word was the light of life. And as we looked at that, we kind of wondered, okay, why are they saying these things? Well, we know that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and light is important to God. And God spoke uh, the words into existence. Uh, some of his first words that were, are recorded in the Bible in Genesis 1-3 is, let there be light. And so we kind of looked a little bit, we're gonna do a quick little recap of kind of some of the things we talked about. And the first one, with Jesus being this light, what does that mean? And the first one is Jesus being the light brings order. And so that's the first thing we talked about. And this order is brought out of chaos, uh, the chaos of our own lives, kind of the moral chaos that was going on at the time when Jesus was speaking to his audience back then and the chaos that goes on in our own lives today. Um, The next up was that this light is revealing. It, It makes us aware of maybe some of the things in our own lives, some of the things we we need to work on a little bit, some of the areas where we need to stretch, we need to grow a little bit. And then finally, we wrap this up to say that this light is guiding. So it will show us with our trust in Jesus as we follow him, as we submit to him, we've got maybe 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet ahead of us, kind of like headlights in the dark where we don't see exactly where we're going, but we trust knowing that Jesus is guiding us. Well, I'm a practical person. I like to know like where, where does the rubber hit the road on this? You know, what, what does this mean for us now? Okay, we've got Jesus as a light. Um, now what? Well, um, I ask a lot of questions and when I start going, I, I kind of look at this a little bit practically. And we have Jesus who thankfully, he then kind of flips the script a little bit. You know, we see that Jesus is light and then he kind of turns and he says, okay, now you are the light. And I know uh, if I were to be the one to hear Jesus talk about he being the light and then him pointing to me, I would probably be pretty freaked out. I don't know if anybody else would. I'd be like, okay, uh, this is a little intimidating. Um, You know, here we have the Messiah telling me that I am the light. Um, But what does that look like for us if we are supposed to be the light? If we are to live with Christ within us, what should that look like? In Matthew 5, we have the Sermon on the Mount. 
one of Jesus's most famous sermons that he gives. And he's speaking to a group of people um, and there's a phrasing that comes out and it's the salt and the light. In this part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks saying, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light. So we're gonna read this text here coming out of Matthew 5 and we're gonna pull this apart just a little bit. It says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. Then it continues on. Then it says, you are the light of the world. This is where we come into the play. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And as we say, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So looking at this, wondering, okay, Jesus is the light. Jesus is the reflection of, or Jesus is God, but then we're supposed to be the light. So what is this charge for us? What does this mean for us to do? And I think this is a call for us to live in such a way that people see Christ in you, in what you do, and want it for themselves. This is a both and charge for us. And our light that is in our life should be apparent. Our relationship that we have with Jesus, the Redeemer, the Messiah, should be apparent. It should not be a question that comes into play. I remember when Alicia and I first started dating and first started talking, um, I was working over, I've mentioned this before, but I was over at another church in Suntry, Melbourne area. And we had friends and family who knew that we were dating. Um, our, our moms, they actually kind of lied a little bit, honestly, to get us together. They were like making up stories about each other so that we would talk, you know, playing matchmaker, it worked. Thank you moms um, for helping us out on that. Uh, but we started dating and we weren't telling just a lot of people. It was still new to us. We were excited about it. We were really, really excited about it. You know, we're in young love, all this different stuff, but we kind of kept it a little bit more secret. But people started to kind of notice something's going on here. Will's got this stupid little smirk and grin <laughs> all the time. Something, something's going on here. And it was apparent. People could tell like something was different about me. I was a little bit lighter on my feet. I had a little bit more joy about what was going on in my life. And our relationship with Christ, as Chris mentioned earlier, the joy of being Christ followers should be apparent in our lives. I love the fact that we have I-4 so close to us that we can use it in like every sermon analogy. When we drive on I-4, it should be apparent that we are Christ followers. And I'm probably gonna use it so many more times, so please bear with me as I use that just about every Sunday I preach. But it should be obvious in our lives, the way we treat others, the way we talk to strangers, the least, the less than, as sometimes we say, the people who are sometimes the social outcasts in our lives, how do we treat them? How do we treat our loved ones where maybe we've had a long day? How do we interact with them? it should be apparent in our own lives that we are followers of Christ. I love what the message translation also says. As we said, I talked about this being a little bit of a both and. 
The message translation uses this phrase when it talks about the other part. I think this is a challenge for us. And we are supposed to bring out the God colors of the world. So not only should our lives be apparent that we follow Christ, but I think we are supposed to use our light to shine where God is working. God is moving in this world. We use the phrase of salt. We use the phrase of light. We talked about how light is revealing. Salt in the same way is revealing. Does anybody eat salt for the sake of just eating salt? Anybody in here? No, we don't do that, right? We put salt things to enhance the flavor. We shine light things where the beauty already exists. We put salt on our french fries, put salt on our potato chips, put salt on our avocado. So much better, yeah, you gotta put salt on the avocado. We put salt on our watermelon. Okay, a few of you. I knew we'd had a few of you in here, yeah. Salt on our pizza. Anybody do that? Try it. So good. There we go. We got one. Good. I was worried. Um, We do this to enhance what is already there. When Christ is in us, it is a light that is to be revealing, to shine light where God is already working. You know, I think about some of the times where we've had tragedy. Tragedy has struck. You know, we just talked about Haiti happening. And it's so hard to see. It just seems like there's only darkness. But I remember having a friend of mine one time, she said, look for the helpers. Look for the helpers. Where are the people helping out? Where are the people rushing in to these situations? Where is God working? Where is God moving in all of this, despite the darkness that is happening? So the salt and the light is to bring attention to that. And I couldn't help but to think of that. I saw a picture the other other week online. Um, This is an Instagram post. I'll read it if this is a little bit small for you all. Um, I don't know this gentleman, but I just know this was a story that he shared. He says, I noticed that our lovely janitor gets treated like an outcast. So I made sure to drink my coffee with him daily in front of the gate. Today, I was in a hurry to get to my office. So he came to my office with a cup of coffee and awkwardly goes, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being my friend. And immediately I asked the question, who is cutting onions in here? Because that gets me a little bit. It gets me a lot. Our life should be a reflection of Jesus. Our light, having Christ within us, should be apparent. We should point to the areas in which we see God working in our lives, and we should point to the areas in which God is working in the world. And again, I'm gonna use the message again. I love it. And the last part about this, uh, last part of this section, verse 16, it says this, by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Through our works, through our light, when it shines, not to be hid under a bushel, it will prompt others to open up with God. So we have this light, it's within us, we're shining it on others. And we use the Apostle Paul a lot. He's great. He's such a good encourager of people. In the message or in the letter that he writes to the church in Ephesians, he talks about this darkness. Ephesians was the epicenter of spiritual worship of the time, of worshiping these Greek and these Roman gods. And he says this. You know, he gives us this charge to not look back, but he says this. He says, For once you were in darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. 
Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. So Paul knew who he was talking to. Paul knew the people of the time. He knew that there was a darkness going on, just as it seems there's a darkness going on today. He knew that he had to challenge these people. These people were coming out. He was talking to two groups. He was talking to the Jewish Christians and he was talking to the Gentiles. He knew what was popular amongst them. He knew the different ways that they were living in this darkness. He was encouraging, take off the old. He used a lot of analogies of clothing, put on this new clothing, put on this new way to life, put it to bed, keep it there. You were dead, you live in the light now. And so Paul gives us this challenge to use this light, to live into it and help shine the light in the darkness, exposing evil, helping others and making the light of Christ apparent to the world. But what if, but what if you're thinking to yourself, you're listening to this and you're going, Will, I had that light. It was so bright at one time. It was shining so bright, but now kind of flickers. It's a little more dim than it used to be. It's not as strong as it once was. Could have lit up this room at one time. Now it might have trouble lighting up a closet. There's gonna be seasons. There's gonna be days where it's tough. There's gonna be times when it's challenging, when it may be a little bit harder for your light to shine in other times. I'm encouraged by John Wesley, founder of Methodism. Here he is, he's going out, he's ministering to people. He's visiting the sick, he's visiting prisoners. He's giving them the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here they are, they've got that light. He sees it in them and he goes, what the heck, what about me? Why can't I have that? And he says this prayer, he, he quotes Mark nine, there's a father who brings his son to be healed to Jesus. He says, I believe Lord, help my unbelief. And that might be your prayer today. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And that's okay if that's your prayer. Because even as we talked about in Ephesians, you know, find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Maybe you know somebody who's got that light. Ask them, talk to them. Hey, how's your light so bright? How is it that you are shining even in all of this darkness? How is it that you keep a positive attitude, that you don't lose your cool? How is it? Just yesterday, we shared the life of Dan Dever. We had hundreds of people in this room. It was packed in the traditional sanctuary talking about how contagious he was. He would light up a room. Talk to people like that. What is it? What's going on? And they're all probably gonna tell you the same thing. It's Christ. My hope is in Christ. The light of the world that overcomes the darkness is within me. I wanna close with this song, you might know it, a little more popular, it was made popular in the 1950s. If you don't know it, it's okay, it's pretty easy to learn. It goes like this, it goes, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. 
I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Next verse says, hide it under a bushel. What? No. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Next verse says, don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Hell, come on, sing it. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Friends, this light that we have, it may be little, maybe a bonfire, maybe more dim than it previously was. But remember this, it is the light of Christ, the light of life. And as it says in John 1, the darkness will not overcome it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we thank you for the light which you shine in the darkness, the light of Christ that is so easily extended and accessible for us. We thank you that we get to be the reflection of your light in this world. Lord, as we go into our days, our weeks coming up, as we transition into school season, we may be feeling like our light is roaring. We may feel like our light needs new batteries, needs a little charge. We pray that you would help us in our belief and our unbelief and give us the courage to ask that of you and of those around us. We thank you so much for being with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, amen. amen.